Hi, welcome to Suplex of Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. Hello. And Forrest. Hello. <laughs> okay, we're all in wind-up moods today. How's, <laughs> how's it going, guys? Don't ever get a all 2004 right. Jeep Wrangler. Well, That's yeah. my advice for everyone listening. Jeeps are don't, a, just don't get a Jeep. Yeah, their engines are known for falling apart. Everything is falling apart. Yeah, that's what you get. I mean, that's I not. Thought, I thought that was. I thought that was one of the perks is that you could, you could take all the pieces off and still drive it. So that is. So that is the. That is a lie. I mean, we don't need to get into. It's a marketing vehicle lie. ownership, but the whole reason people buy Jeeps is not so that they can have it stuck and so they can replace every little thing on it with something else so that, that it actually runs so without that it actually going runs without w- dying with, yeah, yeah without something going wrong every six weeks yes yep see that's the pr- you're just not replacing it all at once and yeah. you're slowly working to, my way there yeah yeah and you're, you're not un- spending the amount of, a, of another car to put onto your car Right. That's true. Really, Jeeps are like uh, the microtransactions of vehicles. Oh, my vehicles. God. Uh, Maybe that's like why I hate it so much. Like, they're, you know, you, you have to really, really uh, put the money in after uh, to get good. A comparison uh, makes me unhappy. <laughs> it's not wrong, though. I mean, I, I you know, uh, you hate to see it sometimes. I, you but, truly do. Um, so, uh, Jeeps, the NFT of the real world. <laughs> oh God! Oh, jeez. I don't even know. I don't even. I don't even know if that. Yeah. That comparison works, but. I've By the way, the, uh, uh, I got the feeling across. So many gaming uh, companies coming out and saying it ahead of time. There will not be any. We are doing no, 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 oh. <laughs> no, no, Sorry. no. We've already yeah, we canceled. Our we got our we, we got our wires crossed. We announced and then canceled the official suplex of sticks NFT in one sentence. In one sentence, uh, yeah. That I you know at one point I was looking at all the news and like three companies within the past week and a half have announced and then canceled uh, within a week, and I'm just like, you know what? It's best not to talk about that stuff uh, because. Uh, it seems like the the new the new way it goes is you announce that uh, you get the oh immense backlash of doing it, and then you're it's like, yeah, crazy. it's not worth it. But it's insane how each of them like successively they have to like you know they're talking to themselves themselves into but like yeah, all these other people got the fan bases got upset, but if we do it, then we'll be the one that the fans will will understand it. Yeah. And then it's no, and then no, yeah, yeah. You know, it is how it is. Um, mm. Well, let's let's talk about video games that we played. Um, I think I think we should start about the one. Start with the one game we all collectively played together. Um, together, and that is uh, Rainbow Six Extraction. I almost said yep. the original name again. I'm sorry. No, it was originally good. Rainbow Six Quarantine. And I... You know, the game makes more... It actually makes more sense with that name, with how isolated the game is with the three zones and stuff like yeah. that. 
I see where they're going with that name. They couldn't have uh, predicted what the world is going to go through, so they changed the name. I will say extraction's not wrong, though, because that's what I had to do every single level with y'all. And you were great at it, of course. Put y'all in the extraction machine. Yeah, the, the extra- <laughs> hey Forrest, do you remember when you skipped the extraction part of the tutorial and you said, "I'll figure it out as we go." Yeah, and, and he then, did. I mean, uh, he, yeah. there was one he did. part. Was there was one mechanic it. that I didn't figure out in that. I'm not sure you could say any of us were great at anything in this game, <laughs> but we definitely tried, and especially Seth and I tried. We gave it the good old at, college try. Seth and I tried for at least. An hour and a half after you stopped. Yeah. Maybe two. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Did the experience... I don't even actually know how long it was, but it certainly, like... Felt like it. it. both felt very short and very long. Um, it's a weird game. A weird game. Yes. So, for those of you that do not know, Rainbow Six Extraction is a... Uh, it is a class-based... Uh, PVE game where you are put into a zone and you choose one of the, if you have played Rainbow Six Siege, uh, you choose w- one of the characters from that. They are going to add more characters later and stuff. It's a whole thing. Um, so you, you go into a zone, you clear out, uh, you get three rooms you have to clear out and you have 15 minutes for 15 minutes for each room um, to clear it out. You can choose to do this stealthily or Uh, You can choose to kind of go loud, and sometimes you're just forced to go loud. um, Which is never a good outcome, usually. Never a good outcome, but sometimes the game also just doesn't let you do things stealthily. It's very complicated, and there's a weird push and pull within the game as to how they want you to play it, in my opinion. Um, And it's it's an interesting game. Um, you, You play as this character... And there is experience tied to abilities and damage. Um, then, and you have to level up your character over time while also smartly extracting to keep that experience. Because if you die in the game, um, you set you off die in real life. In real life. <laughs> Essentially, yes, you can't use that character for quite some time after you've done after you're done with that. Uh, you unless you extract them in a future mission. I wonder what happens if you get all of your characters into You have to buy your way out of it. Really? Yeah. That's there it's I'm that there are a, a decent chunk of microtransactions to this game and that's one of them. Like to to insta heal people and stuff. Yeah. I don't that's not correct. Um because it's not if, like if you I'm pretty no, sure that's go, if you go into a mission and a character dies and then you fail to extract them um, later, it's like on a, it's essentially on a timer, I think, for the waiting for that character to recover. I thought it was based off how many rounds you played by going in with other characters. But you can, I think you can purchase characters to be back. Yeah, you probably can. Um, but I don't. But I don't think if you are in the if you are in the position where you don't have access to any of your characters because you're really bad at the game. Uh, first of all, you should probably just stop playing. <laughs> um, there are better ways for you to spend your time. 
than banging your head against the wall for this game. Um, but yeah, you don't have to pay real money to be able to continue to play. Okay. Um, so, okay, not as terribly malicious with the, the microtransaction. Um, but that's a, that'll give you the, the somewhat of the gist of the game. Um, what did you think of this, Seth? The way that this game uh, <laughs> played out? Well, I'm not really sure. Uh, it's one of those games that, like, I can't tell what my... Like, it's it's hard for me to form an opinion on it. Um, just because I don't really... Like, I don't... I, I guess it, I just didn't really get the game. Um it's it seems like it would be a game that I could appreciate uh like putting you in these kind of um strict like these these small areas filled with enemies and you kind of and you have an objective uh David you said before that the objective was to clear the the area but more than often that there's a specific thing you have to do uh that just killing all the enemies won't actually achieve the in the it won't you won't be successful if that's all you're trying to do um, right but i don't know it's it's just kind of weird because to me like it it didn't like the shooting doesn't feel all that good to me um and it's just sort of i i guess this is just kind of my taste in shooter games <coughs> is that, um, like, I've never been a huge fan of, of Call of Duty and that that kind of, that, those types of, like, realistic military shooters. But um, I can't appreciate the gunplay in those, especially when you're kind of in PvP situations. Um, the gunplay in this, though, is not, it does, it's not as good feeling as those and since it's only player versus like CPU environments and enemies, um, like when I'm playing games like that, I expect to get a bit more, have a bit more flair from the guns that I'm using. And these are just like standard, right, t types of guns that you'd find in any Rainbow Six game. Um, and so it's just like the the things that I want that 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 would make this fit more into my taste in these, in these types of games aren't really there. Um, so I need something outside of that to kind of really, like, hook me and want, make me want to keep playing and progressing. Um, and that's also not really there for me. Uh, I did after, I, I think a couple days after we all tried to play, I got on and, and did the game and, and played it by myself because I, I had a... I wondered if that would be more suited to, like, if, if playing like that would grab me more because I do like those kind of first-person, I mean, s those one-player um, stealth shooter things where I can just kind of sneak through rooms and, and take enemies out in secret. And, um, and I was able to do it, and just by having one, only one person playing, there's a lot fewer enemies um, so we're you're not getting overrun like we were very often when all three of us were playing. But it's still it it. 
I even bumped up the difficulty level. And it, it still really didn't do much for me. Um, so I don't know. I just it's it's sort of weird. Like there's nothing really there that whether it's kind of game feel or me or mechanically or even like the progression system, which is often uh, a way to keep me invested in a game that I probably otherwise wouldn't be interested in. It it just doesn't it doesn't really feel like you're getting anything out of playing these consecutive matches or levels or whatever you want to call them. So it's just, it's sort of, it's a strange experience. Like, I guess this could be, for for me, could just be a good game to kind of boot up and use as a, a backdrop to hanging out with people online and having something to do and yell about. But I don't know, it's, it's just kind of an... Uh, unspectacular experience for me that I was just like uh, at the end of it I was like hmm I maybe I just don't get this or maybe it's just kind of a dull game I'm not really I'm not really sure where I land on it but um, you know it's a thing like if, if I had people I knew that were playing it they're like hey do you want to do you want to play this I would say sure I guess if the company was good enough um but yeah, when it comes to when it comes to like multiplayer shooters, and I haven't really been playing min any of them at all lately, but I think this would probably be down on the list um, versus other things. Understandably. Um, yeah, I listen. You and I have uh, played through plenty of difficult. Uh, multiplayer shooter things together uh, whether it's like Destiny or you know other experiences and um, I don't feel like it was necessarily a lack of skill or anything when we were playing but it it just felt like not as fun and so maybe a solo experience is, would be more fun um, but I, I kind of you know am with you on the, the shooting it never felt it oddly enough felt like the anacrusis where it felt like I wasn't doing damage or I wasn't you yeah. Know, yeah. doing things effectively. I, I wouldn't say that the single player was more fun, but it did it did feel closer to an experience that I could like sort of uh sink into because it it because I was when it's just by when I was just by myself I was kind of in control of over over the chaos. Right, um, exactly. And could, and could play it in a in a more controlled sense, um, which is weird because I don't think that is the goal of a game like this. Like the the chaos that's created by having multiple people doing different things is kind of the draw. Um, and and in our playthrough, I think those were some of the more compelling and fun and fun times because it it often involved a lot of yelling. Um, well, either you or Either you, David, or I were dead, and and us yelling at Forrest to save us. <laughs> um, yeah, which I know, did. Which is, which is fun, and he did. He clutched it out. <laughs> he went big mode. Um, <laughs> it's I don't know. It's 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 sort of it's just like strange, right? Um, this is actually like again one in like a long line of of these kind of multiplayer. Um, Cooperative, uh, progression-based games that that have been coming out. Yeah. Um, 
And there's a bunch. There's plenty that have been coming to Game Pass, and I've been trying trying them here and there. Um, and it's just like I don't know. I feel like the 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 fact that they're like if you play long enough, you'll unlock more stuff. Is not. It can't be. That in itself cannot be the draw. Like the game right. itself has to actually feel fun uh, on its own and not kind of dependent on people you're with because there are so many games like that that you could just pick anything and if you have a if you have a good party then you'll have a good time but it won't really be because of the game um and so i think the fact that there are so many of those it's sort of i don't know maybe it sort of creates a higher bar for a game like this when it comes out to, to say like, okay give me something something interesting one give me one interesting thing about this game that only say hmm you know that's something new that i might want to try right um, at least the anacrusis had the matter compiler yeah yeah and the, <laughs> the anacrusis had a lot of things like that uh i think a lot of those are because it's currently still in development <laughs> I, but <laughs> i i found out from a friend uh, friend of the show, Chris, who I want to bring up another note. They said that um, he got frustrated with the Anacrusis because you can't stop mid-episode. So come to find out if you try to like save and quit out like, you know, we oh. would in uh, Back for Blood. Like, yeah. Mid-episode of Anacrusis, it just starts you over at the beginning. No matter how huh. far you are in the Anacrusis episode. Rough. Yeah, that is rough. So you pretty much have yeah, well, to play it well, in again, one sitting. So you have to finish it. I, I, I feel like it's hard to levy too many criticisms against a game that is still right, right. You know, in development, and um, this is probably stuff that they will fix. Um, so yeah, it's 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 sort of weird. Like this game, I don't know. Chris, Chris should almost be our correspondent for some of these games because this is a genre he's very passionate about. Um, so. You know, if you're listening, Chris. But um, really, he also told me when I told him about our feelings on this game, um, like, hey, you know, how is this working for you? Because it's not really working for us. Um, He was enjoying it. He had a lot of the same issues we had, uh, seemingly, except he's like, I think you guys might be playing it a little too aggressively. You're supposed to, like extract after the first round and level up your characters that way and then try to play more than one round to which oh, I, I say that's that's not correct oh really you don't feel that way no, well i mean i think that is a way that you can play but if the game can't stand up to you tr- doing you going about it different ways and it's poorly designed well yeah um, i'm not saying that's out like of the realm of possibility like, but that was his way of finding a way around the game design to make it feasible sure, like, to go into those third le- again, rounds. Again, it's yeah. like one of those things. Like you find a way to make what the game has offered you work, rather than the game itself work. Right. Uh, and it's no, just I'm like, not saying. Yeah. So I'm just I like I understand what he is saying, but I I I just I disagree with him on that. Um, just because that is a way to do it doesn't mean it is what you are supposed to be doing it. Um, certainly we were. <laughs> we were 
playing it. We were probably too aggressive in the sense that we we really weren't uh, considering what was happening around us. <laughs> we were, for the most part, just kind of running in and and doing crap. Uh, you know, the classic Seth style of gameplay uh, in first person shooters is to run into a room and then try and figure out how to not die. Um, and the problem know, is, worked. I was really adopting that mindset. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and it doesn't help when two people are doing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say I was doing it less, though. Um, I, I think this game does some cool things. Um, like one of my, I, I really like the like the X-ray that is attached to each of the guns, so that you can see enemies through, um, and most of, and having like most of the walls be at least semi-destructible and basically permeable to bullets. Yeah, um, I like the sound detection fun. system. Yeah, I think I think there's some cool stuff, um, but I don't know. It's just sort of it. <laughs> I. I it's it it doesn't really feel like I I guess it doesn't it doesn't really feel like a whole game to me. Yeah. Like it feels like a game mode of a game. Well, I mean Which it, it was. It was. Pre- yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. It, that's the whole reason they made the game is because yeah. of the event that was popular in uh Siege. Well, but it, it's still like sense. this makes me feel like um, not that this isn't already wrapped up in a whole other sort of, sort of complication and we don't have to go down this road. Um, but that doesn't bode well possibly for, you know, games like Overwatch 2 deciding to have a campaign or a story mode because they're probably going to base it somewhat off of the PvE modes that were semi-popular. Um, yeah. It's... So... It's something I was thinking about the other day, actually, because I was talking with a friend that, like, Skull and Bones, uh, another Ubisoft game that is in development, uh, supposedly for, like, six years supposedly. now, is, yeah, is a game that is entirely based around the fact that people liked the ship sections in Assassin's Creed 3 and 4. Yes. Like so uh, so what you're saying and what said the saying and I agree with this is that uh possibly making games out of one section of a thing that people like and making a whole game out of it is not always the best idea. Yeah, it doesn't right. Uh, it's one it of doesn't have things, as many legs to stand on as they think it does. And and I remember specifically saying this to you David, we were talking about like the the system there that if a if you lose an operator in a mission, they are like they become unavailable until you are able to extract them out, or if the time limit runs out after you fail to extract them. And I remember saying to you, this seems like an idea that someone thought was really good on paper, and then just like put it in the game, regardless of whether it was an actual good gameplay mechanic. Yes. Um. And so that's one of those things, like, Skull and Bones, the idea of, like, oh, what if we just made a game that was the ship section of Assassin's Creed? It's like, okay, that is a good beginning of an idea on paper. Uh, And, of course, it has been, what, six, seven years since they made that idea, and they have no game because they realize, like, okay, that's not as much of a game, is it? Um, 
And so, like, the the idea of this mode in Siege was a good idea, and it was really popular. Uh, it probably could have stayed that way. Stayed just a thing in Siege. But, like, wait, what if we did that and made its own game? And it's just, like, it's not enough. <laughs> it, it, it's just what you what you think is good it it like it it works but that doesn't mean it's all that fun to play without it being sort of an, an add-on to a game that had that was its own thing so it's just like i don't know it's probably not a game that i will play very often if ever i know that my roommate said he wants to play it so i might try it with him but you know and i i might be willing to try it again also but i'm not sure um i'm more interested uh us over at uh your uh cul-de-sac the other week and and they mentioned that you guys had played deep rock galactic and i actually downloaded that out of curiosity but i don't want to delve into that solo uh so if you want to give that a shot, to so we could keep this <laughs> multiplayer train going, I guess. No, um, I don't. We could. Um, or do you think that was bad? Not really. It was, it I, again, it's the same kind of thing where I'm playing it and I'm, and I'm just like, what? What is? What is the purpose of this? Like, yeah. what am I doing? What am I? What am I working toward? What is? And there's no end goal in that game. It's just a bunch of maps, and there's like a. You got a big season one progression bar that you can get through and it's like well this the, the entire point of that game is just to do things in order to unlock things that you can do things with and i don't know i think that is like a viable game model and for a lot of people it is enough and it works uh and honestly for me if the gameplay itself was felt good enough to play it would be a good thing to draw me into because like as as we've seen uh the multiple times I've got on on very long tears in Apex um or any other game really like having that big like thing in front of you is like okay here's look at all this stuff that you can eventually reach like it, it really is a great draw but the game has to grab you um uh be it mechanically or story or there's just got to be something in it to make me want to play it and that game deep rock galactic while it's kind of interesting because it is a different thing uh it it it, it sort of falls into that into the same space that uh ext- extraction is and uh, and that it's just like what what am i doing <laughs> why am i playing this game yeah it yeah. just it just feels like I'm filling time while I'm while I'm doing stuff, um, rather than actually having that time be. I could be literally doing anything else, right? Um, and that's not and the kind of that's not the feeling that you want your game to engender. As no, a man, not at all. Literally anything else would be a, a more valuable waste of time than this. Oof! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's not it. Um, Well, instead of playing that, um, I have uh, been delving into Pokemon Unite. 
That's, that's yeah. I've been playing Pokemon Unite again. Uh, it's a good time. It's a good time. And they added Rowlet. So I get the Beezus oh. Decidueye, and he's really good. Nice. And, But no, I've also been playing Pokemon Legends Arceus, and I refuse to correct how I say that. Thank God. Uh, at this point. Correct yes. it to what? Uh, supposedly the other way you say it, but uh, I'm right. Um, yeah. What is yes. the other way? Seth, I need to ask you, uh, does this game ever stop being a tutorialized game? Oh, I need to no. ask you, what is the other... What do you think is... If What you're saying is, if you know it's incorrect, what do you think is the correct version of that so, word? I keep being told that Arceus is the correct way. No. But it's... Arceus is no. the right way. This is... <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure when they were, like, they... In Nintendo Directs, they have said it as Arceus when they when they had, like the voiceover said Arceus. Um, and the reason people still think it's Arceus, I think, because in Sun and Moon, Nintendo Game Freak stupidly created a Pokemon with an ability that directly references Arceus, but called it RKS. Um, and but yeah, I'm pretty sure it is Arceus. Okay. And as your question. Um, yeah, eventually, it does just sort of let you go out and do your own thing. That's what I'm, I'm waiting I'm, for. I'm I'm at three hours into the game, and I'm still getting tutorialization stuff. Well, I like, think there, I I think there's a a good reason because it okay, it really does. Like the more tutorials you get, the more you are surprised that the things the way that. The systems from the original Pokemon games are here, but they don't quite work the same. Right. Um, and so I think it is important for them to do that, even though it is annoying in the beginning of the game. Um, but because it it is simultaneously like really like it it feels both drastic changes and but also like really close but sort of like twisted in a way um, yeah t- f- like flavored slightly different yeah and it, but it, it does run that gamut from like oh wow this is a completely different thing yeah um to this is oh th- this is you know this is sort of similar but works a little bit different so i don't think it, that that's probably the reason why they are kind of they went out of their way to kind of over tutorialize seemingly trivial stuff um, rather than doing what Breath of the Wild did and just saying, all right, here you go, go figure this out yourself. Because it would be, because w- I haven't played a whole lot of it either. Um, though I, I did just beat the, like, the noble Pokemon of the first area mm. and have unlocked mm. the second area, but haven't actually gone to it yet. Um... But there was a point where I was just like, man, I wish it would just, like, do do what Zelda did and just sort of drop me in the world and let me run around and do stuff. But um, I think there is, th- it is good that they have, they sort of do funnel you into the things to do. Um, so, so that's been one of the things I've sort of been yearning for and feel 
frustrated with is like this game loves to evoke the idea of the open worldness of like Breath of the Wild, but it's still like stopping me every time I go to really explore and take advantage of the world. Yeah. And um, well, I think it's not, I think it, it, there are issues. Um, I do think it is trying to evoke that rather than completely copy it. Yeah. Um, but and I do also think there are think there are ways in which it is, it is trying to reach that level but does fail to do that. Um, but I also I would also say that the you're kind of. The first area, the the area that you're in, it, it I mean it's it's a good size area, but it's not like it's, it's particularly huge, um, and there's not like a a great variety, like a, a massive variety of landscape and and Pokemon that you're you're going out to find. So I don't I don't think you are. Th- there isn't like stuff out there that you are that it's kind of preventing you from seeing. But also you're. I I I think you're right around the corner from them just being like, okay, you've done all the stuff we need. We've basically we've taught all 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 taught you all the things that you need to know to be able to just run around in this area, and so that's what we're gonna let you do. Um, but I do think the I'm trying to. So I, I do just expect as I I do expect as I keep playing like the game will constantly pop in with characters to kind of tell you stuff and point you in the right direction. Right. Because I think Game Freak you know this this I think this kind of game that they have created is so outside of their comfort zone that and and they're they're very conser- they have been very conservative with introducing changes. And having something so drastically different, they probably do. I I imagine there probably was a worry that pe- that people who are playing it aren't really going to like they they want to keep them moving in a direction to make sure that gamers like know what they're supposed to be doing. Capital G. And I would gamers. I would yeah, I would yeah. expect that to continue throughout the game. I I do want to say because it it maybe sounds like I'm down on this game. Please don't think that I am enjoying the heck out of this game. Uh, the problem is I just keep every time I you just want to have into their it, hand let go of yours. Right, right. Um, so I like I feel like we all can just give preliminary stuff anyways. I'm going to try to get further by next week. Same, and I will probably I'll. I feel like some of my friends that are playing it are playing it through all hours of the night and they're like once you get once oh, someone has intimated me that once you get set free uh it's really hard to put this down and I'll, so I'll I'll ex- I'll try to explain to you why that is David. Um, okay. This game I I think I had I came to this realization the other day while I was playing. This game does a great job of taking the real world gameplay of Pokemon Go and putting it into the game world. Like mm. what? The uh, the ability that like that that first time that Pokemon Go came out and people just like ran around and were able to throw Pokeballs and stuff. 
Um, it really captures that feeling because you can just run around this world and throw Pokeballs at at Pokemon, and it 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 honestly it requires very of very little of you to go out and catch Pokemon. And so it does have this, it has this really addicting quality of like, okay, I'm just going to go run around and chuck Pokeballs at things forever. I um, can see that. Uh, yeah. It's like, the, do I already have 10 of these in my farm. Well, who cares? I, uh, I, I have all the, all these, these little checklists in my Pokedex that. That I need to you know, fill I, out. I gotta, right. I got to catch more and they have to be different sizes and have mm-hmm. to have different moves and stuff. This is the first um, Pokemon game in a long time where I actually feel the inclination to catch as many Pokemon as I can because of those like Pokedex checklists, mm-hmm. and it actually right. incentivizes and, and the, bar- the player like, instead the of the barrier just of doing the barrier of doing it is is, rem- is practically removed. It is foot tall, <laughs> I, and I love it, it because this it previously. Is ma- go ahead. Go ahead, David. This is making me play. I will say, at least in the small areas they've given me. <laughs> free reign uh it has completely changed the way that i play pokemon uh because as seth and forrest know i am a brutalist when it comes to these <laughs> games and that i pick my six yeah and, and then i kill everything that, i don't catch anything that's what i did with the diamond remake i had my same team almost the entirety of that game and i i caught like five Badoos earlier just because yeah. they were around me and i could throw a ball at them <laughs> Uh, and I like, I took it like offensively that the game made such a big deal about catching a Shinx and you, you kind of have to battle it. So I spent like 15 minutes trying to catch one without battling it. Some of those things are Uh, tough because the Shinxes are the ones that have been giving me the most problems. um, They're aggressive. So, I mean, I, yeah, Seth, um, it has, I can kind of see that. It didn't quite click to me that that is what makes this work um possibly and so yeah that it's just that the, it removes like in old it, it's always been there's always been like this if you were going to catch a pokemon there was all, in older games there was always a kind of time sink um needed even if you were just like gonna pop into a battle and throw a quick ball hope you get it on the first try um because you had to go through the whole, you know, encounter animation and throwing a Pokemon out and going through the menu. And here's just like, boom, he hit the, you hit the right trigger, throw a Pokeball. Um, if, if, if you catch it, you catch it. If you don't, maybe like you, you, can, you can back away and hope it doesn't uh, see you and try to pick a fight. But also yeah. like... Or like throw a rod one of the, one at it to one stun of the, it. One of the things I low key like the first time I did this, I was like, "Oh my gosh, that is like so great!" Is that I was fighting a Pokemon. Um, I was fighting one of like the the big the big alpha Pokemon, and it was you know it was beating me up. Um, and it killed one of my Pokemon. I was like, "All right, I don't want to fight this anymore. I'm just gonna run away." And you you can just like. When a, any wild po- wild encounter, you can just call back your Pokemon and just and just book it. Ditch. You can just leave. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and honestly, if you get far enough away from a battle, uh, it'll say you're you've you've lost the battle. You've left the battle area and <laughs> you're out of the battle. Um, Wait, you so can do that? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> so early on in the game, I threw a Pokeball and killed a lot of my Pokemon. Because 
I accidentally went into battle when a Pokemon was near another one, and then engaged a two-on-one battle. Yes, I had that happen to me and earlier really tonight. Cool too. And it's brutal, though. I got... It ended up with me, like, min-maxing attacks like I was in Final Fantasy X days, because <laughs> you can see the attack order. Yeah. And Wait, you can? Yeah. You can yeah, see the... Top right. It's in the top oh, right. You can thank see because I was wondering why, like, like I got in a two on one against uh, two Shanks's earlier, and they both went like, like there were three moves done against my Pokemon before I was able to go in. I'm yeah, like, what's and going when you on? when you pick the stronger Agile style, you can see the turns shift based on what yeah, you the, do. The, okay, I think that's definitely one of. I think that's the coolest. Um like update that I've like that really feels like it changes the way that battles feel. Um first of all, like all battles they feel a lot zippier. Like it, it seems like they like you get through them a lot quicker. And I think that's probably yes. because um you know there's fewer mandatory animations getting into battles. Uh, I think attack animations are probably quicker. Um but I, I I feel like just something something about the damage scale makes makes things feel like they 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 take a lot faster to do. But also like the this incorporation of these mastered moves and the agile and 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 power styles, um, and like the the in games like the in battle speed stat has to have been like completely revamped um, because they are now. Like as David said, there is a uh, a turn order list, right? So you can see, and different attacks like clearly have different speed values. Um, so like a, and a thing like quick attack, it says right in the description, like it always makes you hit first, but also it raises your in battle speed, um, and so it. It it'll make it more likely for you to get like an extra turn before the en- before the enemy goes again, and then there are these mastered moves. Like you level up far enough, you'll master a move, and have access to the agile style or the the power style of it, and the agile style will de- decrease the attack power, but make it more likely that you'll get another turn um, before the opponent ends. Of course the power style does the inverse of that um and it really does like it it kind of adds a bit more strategy like or rather a different layer of strategy to these battles um and so i i I don't know it's it's been really cool trying like tinkering with that and and also a lot of the i've i'm pretty sure a lot of the the effects of moves have just been straight up changed Um, yeah so it's you know it's again I haven't experienced a whole lot of it because I haven't been in too many battles with too many different Pokemon but it'll be interesting to uh, like I'm interested in seeing as the game goes on how like uh, different Pokemon feel differently in battle. So I might not have gotten there in a tutorial sense, um, but the the giant Pokemon with red angry eyes. Are they the alpha Pokemon? Yeah. Okay. So I saw what I'm assuming is a Rapidash in the distance. It could have been just a large, very large Ponyta. 
Um, but I saw that and I decided not today. And, <laughs> and I just <laughs> kind of avoided it. the other it. way. Kind of like you treat yeah. the, uh, the giants in Skyrim, you know, you just yes. kind of are like, okay. Yeah. That's another that's great not thing because right because you like you are uh, you can have all your Pokemon in the wild die and still be able to run around. What? Um, like it doesn't immediately boot you back to town. You just don't have any Pokemon you can use, and you have to go back to like a camp and rest. Oh, okay. That's Which is cool. another great addition. Like that's uh it. <laughs> I mean, without the stoop, the like the blackout mechanic, you're like, wait a minute, uh, yeah, that mechanic sucked. Yeah, why was it there for so long? Man, what an interesting game. Uh, the one thing I do have to ask uh, is: is there a way to easily like release multiple Pokemon? Because <laughs> having no, like... it doesn't. I, I haven't. It's really annoying because there is in like. The farm menu, which is kind of replaces the PC, like there is a thing that allows you to select multiple Pokemon. Yeah, uh, multi-select. But you, it's only to just move them around the box. Like you can't do anything with them. So no, you have to go. From what I can tell, you have to go one by one and and release them. Uh, and that's also crazy that uh, it seems it's just so easy to let Pokemon go because of like the mass quantity that you're catching. Yeah, uh, and because of like the context is that you are catching these things specifically for the purposes of research, so it doesn't make sense that you would, you know, just keep them around in your farm all the time if they don't really have any use. And, I, and there, like, there are multiple Pokemon in the farm or in the, the city, uh, but pretty much all of them are brought there by you for the purposes of helping people out, like helping people do work. Um, right. And so, yeah, like... You have all these Pokemon. It's like, well, I don't... because, And I think it's also because of the way they're presented. It's, it's just like sort of living out there in the wild. You're like, well, yeah, I don't... These are wild animals. I don't really need them. I'll just let them all go. Um, so I think that's cool that... that it that And the game doesn't really ever tell you to do it. It's just a thing like... It, it just sort of makes sense as to, 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 to do something like that. Um, yeah. It's it, I, the game is really interesting. I never played the like the the DLC from Sword and Shield, but from what I read about it and from playing like the wild area in that game, there is like there's definitely a clear line from what they were trying from what you could see what they were trying to do there to what they to like moving into what this game is. Um It'll be uh, I don't want to look it, it's 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 hard for me to play this game and not think about like future Pokemon generations. Yeah, and, like the yeah. different places no. I would like to see that and and wonder about. Okay, I wonder what it's going to be like when they. Just, I would when they are from scratch creating a world specifically for this game for for this style of design, uh, and it does make it really exciting in a way that um, I don't know. Pokemon games haven't really been exciting to, to me since like Heart Gold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I will say, like, I was a big fan of Sword, and I think the Wild Area and that was cool and did enough to um, to differentiate itself that I enjoyed it. Um, this this game does also share some things with one thing with Sword and Shield that I don't know if it's good or bad. It just is, and that it 
It's super easy, especially because uh, so you get experience points from catching Pokemon. Um, and like in Sword and Shield, they're, it's sort of like all of your Pokemon get experience rather than just one. And so it's super easy to like way over level Pokemon versus the areas that you're in. Um, and of I course, love there doing are, that. There are different <laughs> parts of, even in the first area, there are, there are different parts that have higher level Pokemon. Um, but even those, like there's this one area with um, like these level 45 Machoke just walking around. Um, and you can just, if you, if you throw them, if you catch them unaware and you hit them in the back, uh, there's a good chance you can catch them, even if the rest of your Pokemon are like level 15. <laughs> uh, they, they, get, they get a fat experience boost from that, I'll tell you. Nice. And so this, that's the other thing. It's like, I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. It's just, it's part of the game. And it, it feels kind of dirty for me to be doing this, for me to be catching like three of these, but it's just really easy. Uh, <laughs> right. It's so but <laughs> but the it does lend to the fact that the point of the game isn't just to be the strongest level and win out. You are supposed to be like collecting and indexing these things um on a level. Yeah, I do so, think this is the first this is like the first Pokemon game that the the narrative of what you as a character are doing actually kind of makes sense and it really what I, when I first started, it sort of made me look back and actually think about those other ones. And like at the begin, you're always at the beginning of Pokemon games presented a Pokedex um, by the Pokemon professor, and like, all right, go out there and and fill up this Pokedex and by catching all the Pokemon. Um, and it's just like you look back and like that. It's just weird that that is the goal because like, so this sort of takes place in the the ancient past of the Pokemon world where they weren't, where people did not really normally live with Pokemon. Uh, but even, even in the modern Pokemon world, like people had like one or two or three Pokemon. They didn't have 900 of them. Right. Uh, and, and, so, and so you think about it, it's like, it's really weird that this 10-year-old kid would own 900 animals and put them in a computer uh and so I, I do think this this game because of the narrative it does kind of help get get rid of that, that kind of dissonance and in what you're doing in the world um and also sort of makes it like it, it makes it easier to just catch a bunch of pokemon and also makes it easier to let those pokemon go um so i think it it does work better in that sense but it'll be I and so that's one of the things when I was saying like I'm wondering what it'll what the way it'll work in future things like I think setting this game in the past does a lot of the legwork of making that idea make uh, like a ludo narrative sense um, and but it wouldn't really make sense if they drop you in modern canto and they're like we, you got to fill out this pocket it's like why right this the, I, this is this is this make this is sort of weird now so uh i don't know but that obviously that's for the future uh the current game in front of me is it, it it's working for me of yeah. course it's 
I I think also the music is ab- absolutely bops. Um, there's a moment really early, like right at the beginning of the game, where you're um, you're going through like the pregame narration, and it and as you're pressing the A button, it's like the normal kind of chirping sound that Pokemon games have made when you press the button. Uh, like to to select options or or have dialogue go through, um, and it's been the same since like Red and Blue, right? And it's been it's it, it's something that I remember when starting Pokemon Sword and getting a bunch of those chirps, like coming off a game where I don't know what I was playing before that, but I know that it didn't make this loud chirping noise every time I pressed a button and selected something. You you know, and in, in most games today, you when you select something. There's very little, if any, kind of sound effect. Um, and I remember playing Sword and Shield. The first time I had, like, oh, God, I have to get through a whole game of this <laughs> sound. Uh, and very on in this game, that, that original sound is there. But then when you get thrown into the actual world, the sound sort of changes into something a bit more palatable, which I enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the, the soundtrack for the game, really good. Um, I do hope uh, eventually uh, it definitely has this sort of Breath of the Wild kind of effervescent feel of the music. Um, But I hope in the future they they go to at least having better instrumental samples um, because the sound still kind of does feel like it's from a a DS game. Yeah. But again, the the Pokemon company and Game Freak, they they work at a snail's pace, which is not a great... It, I mean, it's not great reasoning for them to have not had, but it is, you know, you, you come to expect a certain thing from them. And of course, yeah. we'd be remiss, the, the world is large, but it is absolutely barren. Um... It it definitely aspires to be a game that looks like Breath of the Wild, but it, you know, the, it's the the openness and like all of the wild Pokemon running around. It sort of only serves to to highlight how very little there is in the world outside of that, and kind of uh, you know, it's it's just what they need to do is like what Nintendo did and get Monolith Soft. To jump in and work on environments with them, honestly. Uh, on the next one, I mean that would be like if if it actually felt like a, a huge world. I or, think or rather Monolith like Soft an, did help a little bit with this game. I mean, they might have. Um, who knows? But it's like yeah, it's you're running around through the place. It, if you actually take time to like look at where you're running, it's like man, this is this is really. This is really nothing, is it? Um, and of course, I haven't. I've only been in the first kind of biome, so we'll see what it works. But I've, I, I think it's a good start. For where I'm at, I, I'm enjoying. It. I don't have a whole lot of criticisms because it does feel fresh and it has grabbed me. All right, I'm excited. I just want to wait. I, I need to play more to talk about it as much as you have. Same. To be honest, but you know. I got my feelings out there. 
Um, I'm excited to do a more comprehensive conversation about it um, once we've all played it a little more. Um, but I think that is a good time for us to take a break and we will be uh, back with the news. Hi, Big Joe here, and I'm here to tell you to check out Suplex the Sticks on all social media platforms at at Suplex the Sticks. Links for the socials and the invite to our Discord are in the show notes below. Subscribe and review the show on your favorite podcatcher. And while you're at it, let your friends know about the podcast. It's the best way to help us grow our community. And with that, back to the show. And we're back. All right, let's let's talk about some video game news. Um, first off, I canceled my pre-order for Lego Star Wars two weeks ago. Uh, I'm not usually one to cancel pre-orders, uh, but I did. And then two days after I canceled my pre-order, uh, they announced the release date and released mm. a six-minute-long gameplay trailer. And it was beautiful. And it was beautiful. And then I went back in and pre-ordered it the deluxe edition <laughs> mm. so that I could get the Mandalorian packs and all that stuff. Um, but man, Seth, did you, I know you probably didn't watch this cause you're not a, like a Lego game person. Um, but they have, it makes sense why this game got delayed so many times. There is so many game systems inside of this game. Yeah. Uh, and before I get too excited about the game, I ha- I feel like I have to be honest and preface everything with uh, there. It seems like it's quieted down, but that doesn't mean that the original reports were not true. Uh, it seems like there's an extensive amount of terrible crunch that led to this game getting released. And that's never great. And so hopefully it just sucks so bad. Like, it's the terrible reality of video games, but when there's actual reports on it, I feel like you you should, you know, let them be known and so that people can read about them. Yeah. So there is, there's a lot of good reporting on IGN and on other sites about the crunch that happened to make this game possible. Um, but also, it's insane. This game has, like three different three or four different entirely different battle systems built into it yeah um the combat has fleshed out combos for the characters um like with heavy and light attacks the shooting has its own cover system yep. which is insane and aiming uh, mechanics and, and yeah so just... all of these characters and they have skill trees the character types have skill trees it's a. It seems to be a very in-depth game, uh, and I mean, I'm excited to play it. Yeah. And excited to play as Babu Frick in uh, episode nine, even though I'm not a huge fan of that movie. I get to play as Babu Frick, Babu which is the real victory. Yes. Um, I actually went and re-downloaded. Um, the uh, Lego Star Wars original trilogy and the complete saga the other night because I'm craving Lego Star Wars now. But it's it's two months. It's close. Yes, I want I want more. <laughs> so I so I will get more in two months. You, you know, will. <laughs> I'm pre gaming here. You know, right. 
Um, Seth, can you explain some of this Kingdom Hearts Hotel stuff to me? And what's happening? Oh my gosh, I forgot that we <laughs> haven't had a... Uh, we haven't had an episode since, since the Kingdom Hearts Hotel. Yeah, so Hearts this Hotel. Kingdom Hearts Hotel and Japan opened up, and apparently there is... Gosh, I gotta find it. Um, but in in the hotel room, uh, of course, your hotel key is, I believe, the Oblivion Keyblade. It is. Um, and there's there's a chest, a uh, Kingdom Hearts-style chest in the room. Uh, and apparently the contents of which they were, were are basically embargoed. I don't know when the embargo lifts. April... April. April 28th, which is after the big right. 20th anniversary event. Uh, but apparently inside is another Keyblade, and it is the Oathkeeper Keyblade. Um, but without the like references to Sora in it. Because, um, of course, the Oathkeeper in the game was um, kind of a representative of Kyrie's relationship with Sora. Um and so people have been speculating that it's Kyrie's version of the Oathkeeper, and it will some will apparently be important. And who knows? It's again with with all as with all things Kingdom Hearts that any news doesn't make any sense on its face, especially it, when it's all theorizing. Until especially we when get it's the actual right, product, right? And especially when this isn't actually news. Like it's it's one thing when. Um, Square Enix drops a trailer that makes no sense, but this is just like a little piece, a little thing that we're also not allowed to see, um, <laughs> but the, but which they certainly will expound upon later this year. Yeah, if something is embargoed, there's some sort of importance to it. Yeah. It. Uh, so, you know, we'll I do see. think it was insane that a <laughs> there is an embargo on a. A piece of merchandise that is inside of a hotel room. <laughs> yeah. Nomura, baby. He... He do be doing it. He's playing 13th dimensional chess. And we... Also, thanks to Nomura, we got this... Did you guys see the weird render of Sora standing like Cloud? Yes. For the... That the Final Fantasy VII 25th anniversary. Yeah, did you see that, Seth? I don't think so. Oh, man. I'll uh, find it and send yeah, it to you. Yeah, we'll send it to you. But it, it looks dope. It has Sora standing like Cloud. And, uh, um, yeah, in Midgar. Is he uh, in Midgar? Well, it's just a, you know, it's a, it's... Yeah, it's, I found it, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. uh, I was about to send it. Yeah, it looks so good. Um, I'm still sending it. I kind of want it on like a playmat for Digimon or something. Yeah. Which would be dope. It has nothing to do with Digimon, but yeah. Um, but it's dope. It looks real good. And, you know, broody. Yeah. Um, also, it's the 25th anniversary of Final Fantasy VII. Yep. Yeah. They hinted and that more things are coming. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that uh, it's they have confirmed that we're going to see stuff from, or they at least have announcements to make about part two. 
Yes. Yeah, baby. This year. Hopefully it comes out this year. That would be bonkers. That would be insanity. Yeah. Uh, it would be nice. It would be I nice. Just know, <laughs> um, there's also apparently more new projects that they are working that have that they have started yes. since since starting the, remake. That is the part that got me about the is, um, anniversary yeah. like announcement whatever was that they were like we have more things coming and my first thought was are we getting a crisis core remake <laughs> no no well, we're not but well, that's going to be in the but mobile we're getting thing. ever yeah. crisis we're getting right. ever crisis exactly all of those are somehow going to be remade in what sense of the term know. remake I, mean, I, I think it, out. i think it was pretty clear this was going to happen like that they were going to turn this into what they did with 15 um, it's a well. It's a new Final Fantasy VII compilation. Yeah. I, no, it's I love, the same compilation. It's the same compilation, just I, more. I love that yeah. Final Fantasy VII has effectively become its own separate Sub-series. franchise yeah. from Final Fantasy on yeah. a level, and I'm all about it. Eight I could think you argue it always was. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Maybe uh, not always. Not like not like when it released, but when when it became the thing that it was. It. it uh, yeah, but yeah, it's crazy stuff. Um, so that's wild, wild stuff. The 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 usual. There's our Final Fantasy slash Kingdom Hearts minute of the episode. <laughs> uh, we always have We've to always got to get one in. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things. Elden Ring has gone gold. Woo! Uh, which the I mean, we always say it means nothing now. Um, but, uh, that means they, they've come out and said that it can be finished, uh, in 30 hours with dozens of hours of optional content. Um, and it will that's, be, that's not bad. Technically impossible to see a hundred percent of everything in one playthrough because of how the ending works. So that's annoying. the, the ending is going to have a branching narrative seemingly. Um, that so, doesn't surprise me. I feel like all Souls games are kind of, like, it's very yeah, easy to do. miss things, you know? Right, but I think it's more like, in previous, it's kind of like bad, neutral, and good endings, or like true endings, rather than proper branching. Yeah, so, so it, it, yeah. It, it might be more depends, that yeah, than a we'll, branching. We'll see what it is. Um, I, I, I mainly brought up that point, and I'm excited that Elden Ring came out and said that, because... Um, the, the I forget Guerrilla Games came out and talked about Horizon Zero Dawn, and uh, the opposite effect happened where they said there's going to be hundreds of hours of content in Horizon Zero Dawn, and that made me not want to play it. Yeah, <laughs> you're never going to beat it. Not even want to boot it up. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till I see how long to beats because I can't. I, I'm not going to play a 100-hour game. There's so much else happening this year already. Yeah. and like, I don't have time for that. And I don't. I mm. Please. When do you see the reviews for Dying Light 2? Oof. Well, I have, and I never was going to play that game anyway. Yes. <laughs> um, but also, yeah. Ugh. But you know, for the people out there that will just play Dying Light 2 for ever... You know, go forth. 
Uh, and you know what? I mean, there's there's the people out there. So uh, shout out to Stephanie at our local GameStop, uh, the one in the mall that I go to. She is pumped that Horizon made that announcement because she put like over 200 hours into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So there are people that are willing to do this. Yeah, I, am I wish not that one those people them. valued their time more. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm with you. Uh, trust me. I just like, you know, it's, I'm sure there are people out there that really grinded out and did all of the extra content in Borderlands 3. Yeah. But that uh, that's also like with those kinds of experiences in games, like those are probably one of the few games that someone is playing that year if they're playing it that extensively. Whereas like we I know she is playing diversify other things. a that's lot. Like, right. Uh I talked to her enough. She plays other things. She She's, just plays that as a comfort thing, maybe I guess. But um Where does the time come from? I don't know. Well, <laughs> that game has enough content. To make it no i mean like where does she find the time right to play all those other things um, and 200 hours of that right huh. um so yeah horizon i said horizon zero it's horizon forbidden west um i just keep forgetting the name of it because i for some reason think horizon zero dawn is the full proper name but horizon is just the proper name yeah um the EA and Respawn made an announcement that Star Wars games are kind of being consolidated under Respawn now. Um, there's going to be a Jedi Fallen Order sequel coming, a shooter from the Medal of Honor VR co-creator and Medal of Honor co-creator yep. uh, in general, and a strategy game that they're like kind of co-produce like producing slash co-developing um with bit reactor which is made up of former Firaxis games vets um so a strategy tactical star wars game a new shooter and um fallen a new order. fallen order yep which who knows the fallen order could be coming out this year i know that we're going to hear about it that'd this be year. nice um but yeah, more Star Wars games. Uh, this all comes on the heels of Seth. Did you see that the uh, Star Wars thirteen thirteen gameplay got leaked? Oh, I still need I to watch that. Yeah, it was only a couple minutes, but it yeah, looked. That's fun. all I need. It looked fun. That's all I need to get me through another three years of no thirteen thirteen um, content leaking. Right. So, <laughs> so also Star Wars thirteen thirteen. One of the guys that worked on it. Uh, was tweeting about how it actually made him really happy that seemingly a lot of the concept art and set pieces seem to have been reused or used as theming for some of the stuff in Mandalorian and Boba Fett. So, you know, it's getting used. Uh, Thank God. But it's, you know, not used in the game. But... Um, Seth, did you see the Halo TV show trailer? Uh, no. I saw some stills from it. I meant to watch it, but then never did. And then I couldn't find it. It looks really cool. My one gripe that really took me out of the experience is that I saw an AK-47 in the trailer. And I... That was strange. I, it immediately sucked me out. And I said, what? Um, 
Everything else looks sick, though. I don't know. The I think it looks good. Maybe also not good because... It looks very different from... It looks like the goal of the show is get the halo, get the win. And that's not really what Halo is about. Yeah. So it sort of re-incentivizes the reason to get to Halo, like what the Halo means to the series. It's it's going to be weird. Yeah. Uh, it's its own separate canon. It's uh, very obvious about that now right. with this trailer. Uh it seems like they just didn't know how to make a ring world story or a halo world story. Yeah. Which I feel like should be easy to do, but there's I, a lot you I'm can wrong. do in that universe. Like, yeah, I would argue the two best halo games don't have anything to do with the halo structures themselves. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting, Seth. You should watch it. It looks both very expensive and very cheap at times uh, at the <laughs> same time. It, it's kind of a conundrum. Um, and, uh, oh, God, Seth, I wish you had seen this trailer. Just because there's a moment at the end of the trailer that I don't understand what's happening. And it looks like uh, this woman is controlling the flood and having it infect other humans. And so mm. she's like the embodiment of the flood. The grave mind. Of the great right. Right. That's exact like she's a walking grave mind. That's exactly what it is. Forrest is like the woman in the black clothes. Like she's walking through the spaceship while the flood tentacles are grabbing people. And she's not being affected by them. And it seems like she's oh, yeah. kind of controlling them. Uh, or maybe a, she's the flood version of Locutus. A, a Borg, yes. Yeah. Uh, indeed. Well, I mean, they said that it, this doesn't take place in the same Halo universe as the game. Which is weird, but and I guess it allows them to do... you you got to have to expect... If they explicitly went out and said that... We're not following the same world like that. There are going to be weird new things that they're going to do. Yeah. And, and you're just so, going to have to accept it. Yeah. We'll see uh, what what ends up being the the big thing and how it, it ends up looking. And it's out soon. I think in like March or April. Am I wrong? Uh, Force has the trailer up. But yes. Um Let's see what else. March twenty fourth. March twenty fourth on Paramount Plus. Um, Bungie was acquired by Sony. Speaking of Halo, yeah, I have many thoughts about this, but I'll be quick in that I find it very funny that a studio that explicitly split from Microsoft back in the day because they were tired of corporate oversight and basically not getting the chance to do what they wanted is now going back for a second time after leaving Microsoft. It's a third time. Well, after leaving Microsoft. It's a third time after Microsoft. They went under Activision. Yeah, so this would be the second after that. So after leaving Microsoft, like... We count, like, I'm counting from there. 
Oh, so you should be counting Microsoft because they were alone before that. They weren't yes, cre- created by I know, Microsoft. I know, but I'm saying after Microsoft, be in their explicit reason for leaving Microsoft in the first place, they're now, they just keep throwing themselves back in the same situation of being under huge corporate game studios that ultimately will probably screw up in metal with projects that they are trying to do. You know, the all of the articles say that there's non-exclusivity and creative control deals with this. I'm but I extremely skeptical. You know, who knows? Also, that studio isn't made up of any of the same people at this point who worked on Halo besides, like, a handful. Yeah. So, it's not... It's practically not the same thing anymore. Uh, They got acquired for 3.6 billion, billion I believe it was. Uh, Which is a lot. Um, But what, what do you think about this, Seth? I mean, on the one hand, it's weird. It's just kind of strange. Um, I mean, it's also weird that, like, they've said that Destiny 2 is going to remain multi-platform so long as it's Destiny 2. Uh, We knew that that Bungie was working on a new IP, so presumably that'll be a PlayStation exclusive. I don't know, it's just... Certainly, this the timing is connected to Microsoft and their Activision acquisition. Activision acquisition. acquisition. Try saying that ten times fast. Activision acquisition. That's that's kind of fun. It sounds like a band name. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's just weird. You know, it's we can it's we can make the jokes about how in the future there will be no studios that don't aren't owned by Microsoft or or Sony. Uh, but it's just I don't know. I think I think it can be it can be both good for the company and also bad. Uh, so who knows? Yeah, it's a it's interesting. Uh, and who knows? Maybe they'll find a way to get out of this one again. You never know. <laughs> Jim They're... Ryan, Sony's Jim Ryan says to expect more acquisitions. Oh. Uh. Uh. Broad or big, big guess is Konami or Square. Um, I don't think they would buy. I don't think they would buy ever buy Square. I mean, rather, I don't think that Square would ever uh, be bought by them. I don't know. I I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibilities. I think Konami being bought is very high on the list. Well, I think. He says more acquisitions. I think it's going to be smaller studios. The fact that they were able to get Bungie is is absurd, um, just in the way that the, that Microsoft was able to acquire Activision was absurd. It's it's out of it. It's not the norm. Like AAA studios are what they are. Like they become their own entities, and then and usually it like in the case of Activision. I think that had it not been for the public issues, they probably would not have 
sold to Microsoft. I don't know the deal with Bungie is. Uh, that's strange. The the FTC is like looking at the Microsoft Activision thing, but who knows if that's going to lead to anything? Probably not. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. you know. Um, um, you know, I'd like for most. I I would like for these studios to say independent. Uh, if it is financially viable, yeah, and be able to make good products, uh, I don't know. I don't know why they can't just do it Nintendo's way and and just sort of have second party studios, which are technically independent, but which they work very closely with. Right. Sort of like I mean, Nintendo's way of doing it also probably has its downsides too. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. It's weird. Too many, too many acquisitions going on. I'm tired of thinking about them. <laughs> um, speaking of weird things that are affected by acquisitions, but yet also not, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo is getting revealed tomorrow at f- or Thursday. Uh, that is um, February uh, 3rd for those listening at home. So probably today for you if you're listening on that day. Um, at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, this is the noted Bethesda. Um, I can't remember the studio that made this game, um, but it is going to be like a a PlayStation exclusive for like the first year or so, um, and it's it's coming out March 25th. Ghostwire Tokyo. It's one of the last really. Yeah, it's coming out like... I mean, why are you stressed? I, this game's not going to be so good. Many, I know, but there's just so many things coming out. You don't have to play March. them. I would like to play it. <laughs> I, I'm I'm interested enough in it. Maybe not full price interested, but hmm. I'm sale interested. I'm, I'm wait till it comes on Game Pass interested in <laughs> a year and a half. Yeah. So, <laughs> like that's... Yeah. Uh, that's where I'm at. I don't, I don't know how Seth is on this game, but I mean, maybe we'll, all of our opinions will change after the reveal tomorrow and it, it might look cool, but I don't think so. Uh, weird that the reveal is like a big reveal is coming like only a month and a half before it comes out. Um, cause we've seen trailers for this game, but it hasn't really, we haven't seen like gameplay. I don't think, um, unless I'm mistaken. So, um, and the last bit of news we have is that, uh, like everyone should have seen coming, uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has been quietly delayed to 2023. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm so, so sad. I'm Forrest, shocked. You were, you shocked. Were, you were just Not sad that joke. there's too many games coming out. This should make you happy. It's getting pushed. Yes. To another time when you might be able to play it. Yes, David. <laughs> <laughs> I am happy about that. 
I didn't even care for this game too much in the first place. You're so excited for I'm, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice. Gosh, course, I just, game, I wanted it to be my game of the year. Hey now, hey now. You can't play it. It's a comic-related thing, which means I'm going to be on it. As long as it's not, like, Avengers. Um, mm. But yeah, man, I was really looking forward to that being my game of the year. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> In an alternate reality, that could have been. That's true. The multiverse is a wonderful thing. I would bet we hear the slowly about... No. We're all big fans of the metaverse. Or as close to the metaverse. Oh. I love when we put words into my mouth. It is your favorite thing. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, but was there any other news that I might have missed? Uh, yes. Oh. What news? Oh, I don't know. I was just answering your question that there was probably news you might have missed. <laughs> um, today there was a, a Yacht Club Presents stream, um, and they revealed this cool-looking uh, Link's Awakening-type game called um, Mina the Hollower where nice. you play a mouse with a chain whip. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I thought you uh, could only have those cool. in Castlevania. Well, uh, now now you can be a mouse in Zelda style top down dungeons and use one. Wonderful. Uh, uh, although one could argue that the what is the hookshot if not a chain whip attached to like a retractable gear or something? Yeah, yeah. If I'm Link would have just that. pulled that thing out, he could have swung it around. Also, the like it does appear to be pretty Castlevania in Castlevania inspired in like the items and uh, villain designs. Mm, nice. It looks pretty cool. It also they are it they in a return to their roots uh, though they don't actually need to they have they have launched a Kickstarter for it um to kind of you know uh, create a community around it like they did with Shovel Knight uh, which very quickly surpassed its goal. And they're aiming for 2023 for it to come out. Nice. Nice. Uh, this last bit for me, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily new news, but there was a, like a solid, what, four and a half or five and a half minute long uh, trailer for <laughs> Final or Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins. Oh God! Released. I forgot. How could you forget? Yeah, I forgot it, about this too. <laughs> it has Frank Sinatra. Uh, Frank music Sinatra. In it. <laughs> My so, God! This so let's game. go through the canon list of <laughs> musicians in this game. <laughs> Frank Sinatra. <laughs> Freaking um. Oh, what was the other one? Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing. It's going to be game of the year. You, you might be thinking, oh, they just used a Frank Sinatra song as a background music for this. No. no. But n no, he actually is playing it from his phone in the game world. <laughs> How does that make sense? 
He's in Final Fantasy. Why does he have a phone? And they've said that it's apparently not an isekai. Yeah. So, what? (laughs) I would love to know what's going on. Which is both really stupid and also great because that just means (laughs) that these are just things that they they know are completely anachronistic with the world, and it's like, yeah, whatever. We're putting it in there. I'll do it my way. way. Yeah, they're doing it their way. (laughs) Just like Jack. (laughs) Jack Jack Garland. Garland. Uh, I'm so excited for that game. Oh my gosh, me too. (laughs) I am also tentatively excited. I pre-ordered it the other day. I need to get on that. Speaking of pre-orders, can we talk about how... Straight up, how is how is how is there going to be no in no copies of Pokemon in any of the stores around me when I went to go pick it up on Friday? Really? I've said I have this said is a on Pokemon this, game. I have said on the podcast. Hit up a Best like Buy. A, you had a pre-order multiple times. Yes. Nowhere. They are getting. I I don't pretend to understand supply chain stuff, but. Especially with GameStop and a lot of stores uh, trying to incentivize and prioritize online sales over in-store, they are getting sent like almost exactly what's pre-ordered for all kinds of stuff. And so if I know that there's a game I want to buy, I pre-order it. It's, it's stupid. I agree with you. I hate it. But... If you, I had to buy that Alan Wake game digitally, the Alan Wake remaster, mm. because finding a physical copy was nigh impossible. Uh, and I didn't want to wait to play it, so I, I had to buy it digitally. But in an effort to increase online sales and decrease people going into stores, that's what they're doing. It's terrible, but it, it is what's happening. That's what happens when mm. GameStop is being slight half run by a guy from Chewy that helped them get to their online dominance in the pet market. Well, but I'm not just I. It wasn't just GameStop though. It was like all the all the stores, the big box right. stores. Just like it was just frustrating. It was crazy. That's a Pokemon game, and you can't you can't find it anywhere. It doesn't help that digitally. seemingly a lot of people tr- were... I would bet the sales on this is insane anyway. Yeah. Um, there was people posting on Twitter lines of... Like, just lines of people waiting to buy the game. When was the last time we had lines for a Pokemon game? You know? Sword you sounded like it's been years. I would, it feels I would, like it's been years. Like I, I feel like Pokemon releases over when the Sword and Shield past... came out. There was a bunch of people at the mall. Really? Yes. Okay. I was there. I, <laughs> I believe you. People I just, line up for for Pokemon. I guess I just never hear about it then. Or you don't buy it on day one. Yeah, I haven't. I That's I didn't buy Sword and Shield. They had a midnight at. They actually had midnights for. The huh. first time in a long time in Ocala at all the stores that were not the mall. <laughs> That's fair. People still do that for games. I'd love to hear that. I didn't know, though. <laughs> <laughs> a 
Well, you wouldn't know unless you pre-ordered and then they tell you, hey, come pick your game up at midnight. Because they call you like four times to do it. Because uh, they want they want it out. They want it out. So. Uh. But, you know, if you want a physical copy of a game, that's the best route. So it sucks, but. Yeah. Sorry, Seth. To be fair, when you mentioned to me that you couldn't find a copy, I was driving around Ocala that day. And Best Buy had a lot of copies. No, not the they, not on Saturday when ah, I was driving. On around. Friday they did. Right. So on Saturday I was driving around Ocala and there was like nothing. There wasn't like any at Target. There wasn't any mm. at Best Buy, and yeah, that was just wiped. Yep. Everyone's everyone's buying that Pokemon. Um, but all right. Uh, with that, we appreciate you listening. And appreciate your patience with the the small break we had to have last week. Um, And we will get back at you next week with some more content. And we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. See ya.